take a nice walk yesterday um, with my partner for the first time after coronavirus and and, you know we've been separated because of the situation and being long distance to begin with and uh, I guess medium distance what do you call like an hour and a half train ride but um after at the end of that I just like broke down crying and you know it, I've seen that or you know for a minute this morning I felt embarrassed but you know, right now I'm just thinking about the, how it's raining and it was raining yesterday and you know, if anything, it's time for the water to flow, you know. It's kind of like tears or like raindrops where they just flow. Like, while I was, I felt, while I was crying yesterday, I, uh, um, I had like a lucid moment where I realized that kind of like I said where there's sort of inevitability to crying like the more you try to control it the more it just (laughs) you know you can't control the rain and um you know even if I'm like just like back and forth tempestuously no pun intended or pun intended uh tempestuously trying to figure out what crying means about me and my partner said at one point like sometimes I envy how you can express your feelings and it felt good to hear that because I just before he left, I just wanted him to know that I'm not weak. That's not what that means. And I remember reading in the Bible at a young age, or at some point, that, you know, it was like, I think it was from the Apostle Paul, like, you know, a spiritual man cries frequently. <laughs> Maybe even daily. I, I don't know what it said. I should look it up. But, uh, just thinking about who I am, my value, um, even the word value I hesitate to use because it is an evaluative term, you know? Like, there's no placing value on a human life, in my opinion. And, it links up to 
some of the things I've been thinking about, I kind of mentioned on that channel's woo-woo podcast episode about Jordan Peterson, that video I saw at like 3 a.m. the day before Monday, before I like went back to work after, um, but, uh, talking about like man-child and not choosing a frame, quote-unquote, and not specializing which has been something I thought a lot about and I often hear throughout my life I've often heard like public intellectual men um talking about this this uh push and pull if you will or this evaluation of specialization versus jack of all trades and, um, you know, if you think in evaluative terms, I guess it's right brain. Um, just the fact that I don't know which le- le- is left brain, which is right brain for sure, just kind of shows you where I fall on this spectrum, I guess. But, um, if you, you know, they're always trying to justify their high specialization um and and um I remember having conversations with my dad about this uh when I was young he worked at a youth entrepreneurship company and you know they have discussions about you know how to encourage young people to become entrepreneurs and like you know like this is like the 80s and uh now i think you know like entrepreneurs are like rappers where they're just like so highly esteemed and i think that entrepreneurs um well i don't know cuz i'm not one but i would assume that or I would even just like intuit that people would I've always thought that people draw upon a diverse range of life experiences in order to um crystallize their their experience into a um profitable or successful or even useful or passionate life's career or um working paradigm or whatever it's just like you know this concept of the renaissance man or um you know it's like if you go through college with like a liberal arts foundation of some sort you know you're taught this that you know diverse range of experiences um informs everything like all topics are into interdisciplinary and um you know maybe jordan peterson would say yeah but that's until you turn 25 and then you need to like fucking figure shit out you know and like choose something and then um move forward through it and through that frame 
through that specialization. And um, I even just saw a video. It was an interview of um, Eric Weinstein. And he was talking about how the type, the title of the video was why we don't need piano teachers or something or why anyone can learn a piano without lessons and he was talking about how he learned all these instruments to become you know just the theory of learning an instrument in general meant that he could teach himself languages and instruments and um but then he like talked about how it compares a little bit to specialization versus jack of all trades and like and and i guess he made a bunch of money as like a financial an- analyst for peter Thiel, who's like an investor in google he's like this kind of interesting public intellectual gay guy that is like super rich and highly conservative at the same time apparently and so, you know, Jordan Peterson, it's like these people that it's kind of like the new conservatism or at least like, you know, the they they consider themselves outside of the traditional um uh like political or ideological spectrum, which is great, you know, it's called the the uh the intellectual dark web. Um, which I don't know if they self-ascribe to this, but I know Eric Weinstein did because he, uh, invented the term. Anyway, so, and even like Joe Rogan would be included in this and Eric Weinstein's brother, uh, who's a evolutionary biologist with his wife. Um, you know, I saw like a picture of them on like an article about this about the intellectual dark web but since coronavirus started i was have been following the dark horse podcast with eric weinstein's brother who and like to this morning i recently i've been waking up at like 3 30 a.m and uh which apparently in like ancient India a lot of people think it's that's like once you spiritually awakened you start waking up really early having a moment and then going back to sleep I don't know that's came came from a Sadhguru speech I think but anyway I wake up usually I'll like have some water take a pee and then like watch a YouTube video or listen to a podcast or something Till I fall back asleep, which maybe isn't the most spiritual task, but this was a live stream where, um, at the Dark Horse podcast, they were talking about how, um, and even Sam Harris, um, podcast, which I got from that live stream, about how, like, you know, so much progress has been made um for race relations or sort of um r- social justice 
um, and race relations. That seems so weird thing to say, but um, social justice in America, like, um, and how, you know, um, ideologically, like, this movement, this movement, um, is more, I guess, founded in, like, economic injustice, and, um, and, uh, the facts bear out, let's say, um, that, or they say that the facts bear out that, um, the racial disparity is not the is um improving but it's not shown that it's improving so it's almost like making an argument that there's emotional there's just sort of like an emotional outpouring that's being like projected onto a identity politics topic um but you know kind of like the way that the media and especially social media um projects a movie of reality and um it just so happens that this is a very popular movie theater right now um so whatever but the way that this relates back is that I keep coming back to like how you know the Acropolis at Delphi I think says know thyself and I think we could say that there's an implicit sort of reasoning in that very simple statement that you create your own reality or that even it's a command know thyself like it's like saying create your own reality not only that you do it but that you should take control of it to command you know and And from a capitalist perspective, if I look at myself, because, you know, I'm me and I have that the kind of best eye on my own reality and I'm creating it. Um, from a capitalist perspective, I'm a total failure. Well, not a total failure. Just the fact that I'm kind of, well, mm, yeah, I would, I'd give myself the failure moniker. Um... Mm, because I'm reaching an age like 40-ish where, you know, uh, I'm still in like a freelance position. I don't have like a long-term career path behind me or ahead of me. I, um, you know, I do have specialty skills or at least I can create a resume to that reflects that 
But, uh, you know, maybe all of my entire career could be just, like, would be more convincing if I were, like, 15 years younger and I had, like, just a master's degree in whatever. It would be more appealing because it would seem like I was less of a grifter or something just from an HR perspective, hiring perspective. But, you know, HR is just part of a greater capitalist ideology. So, okay, you know, I'll take that. And that's what I got triggered with, with the Jordan Peterson thing. But even deeper than a capitalist perspective, like just a sort of life vocation perspective, like that's what I really felt shitty about because I feel like I've that you know I for some reason or somehow exited the matrix when it comes to the ideology of capitalism and realized that it's temporary but also at the same time something that we have to deal with You know, part of knowing thyself or knowing myself is realizing that I live within a world and I have to give unto Caesar what is Caesar's and basically, like, make money. But that doesn't mean I have to, like, disassemble my identity and recreate it in a way that makes me this money-making machine, this sort of you know, like, robotic money-making machine that, like, my free time will be passionately in the, you know, pursuit of making a passive income to, quote-unquote, retire when I'm 40, which I think might be impossible at this point. And uh, even if it wasn't, like, I don't know if I'd even be able to spend, like, a day a week or a month or a couple years just like focusing so fastidiously on that and so you know just like in a spreadsheet like if I could just because I just love the human experience so much or not even love it just value it like you know me like being inserted into like a cubicle where I would have to create spreadsheets would be like be becoming Sisyphus where I just like roll a stone up a hill and it falls down I roll it back up because ultimately I realized that that cubicle will be replaced you know, the cubicle job will be replaced by a computer at some point. So why not do something that computers can, can't do, which is cry. Even crying has value that's, you know, has no value in society from that perspective, but, um, has value to me because it is what I am. It is what I feel I had to do, or it's it's like saying, "Oh, that cloud isn't doing what it should be doing. It's fucking raining. What the fuck else do you want from it?" So, 
there's that, and then... You know, but that's not to say I don't have fear or, like, I've completely reached guru status in some way. And, yeah, like, I think just some practical measures could set me up for a much simpler rest of my life. Um, just on a practical level. So, that's what I'm ironically spending this eclipse season <laughs> astrologically speaking, uh, to, I say that's ironic because it's like the left brain and the right brain just like trying to explain to each other, like why I need to make a plan for the future. And my left brain, let's say is like, well, it's eclipse season and you're dealing with the idea of failure and you're, um, meant to confront your deepest emotions um, and Mercury's going into retrograde, and you're a Scorpio, so you're undergoing a, uh, another, um, trans, uh, transformation, and also you keep seeing the number eight, which is transformation, and, uh, and then my right brain's like, you just need like a stable job or else actually passive income where you create like a budget and then more money goes out than goes in or more money goes in than goes out for a time and then you know eventually but then like at the same time I just kind of like give up even just on a right brain perspective because the economy's crashing like you know the only thing that keeps you sec secure financially is just basically massive stores of wealth which I'm not either able or willing to do to find or get um so why not just like party on with the rest of the you know other 99% of society that doesn't have that um and just feel that solidarity and you know that that title contingency irony solidarity like look I'm a poet so don't don't expect this cloud to not rain and Mm. but also like I see through from a more right brain perspective um, I know too much it's kind of like this story my mom said she was like oh yeah you know one of my scientist friends became a mother and she just couldn't stop sanitizing everything the bottles all of it you know because she knew so much about like biology and bacteria and like you know um all the things that could happen so her like f natural fear as a human being was being like boosted by this like sort of ocd if you will like obsession with like sanitization and i even saw something about how like 
it's hard to like have these OCD tendencies with coronavirus right now. You know, everyone that's like has that is just so extra triggered more than everyone else. And uh yeah, just like obsessing over that to me obsessing over anything even you could call it specializing so much in one thing just leads you down sort of the primrose path of bullshit like even if you get rich you like the journey was shit to get there you know like Warren Buffett just eats like a sausage muffin on his way from McDonald's every day on his way to to the office he's like a multi multi millionaire but he eats garbage and cheap garbage cuz he has these beliefs that you know in the value of a penny so and he's super rich but you know what is the purpose of money ultimately and then you know the same thing with the lady is obsessing about clean sanitizing bottles like okay you know she she achieved you know she her baby grew up and you know got sick sometimes but never died and is now off on their own and she's left you know, with years of habits accumulated, it's coronavirus now, and she's just sanitizing everything all day, and, you know, um, I just had a flash, I wouldn't want to, like, you know, it's, it's hard to even talk about, but that doctor who committed suicide, you know, she didn't have the support you know, she was going to the coronavirus hospital every day during the out, the main part of the outbreak, and she got overwhelmed, and she didn't take care of herself, and I guess in some way, like, that, sim- that moment when I was crying, and I realized it's just really simple, it's just human, you know, like, we can't, we we were animals that shit and cry and get sick and die and that's not to say that i think life is nasty brutish and short but if anything i'd go through that portal and just even like value life more where i see things like crying is beautiful Especially the next day when it's raining, like now, or when I see being broke as sort of just kind of brings a glimmer to my eye or I smile thinking about it. I don't think, you know, I I used to might have like a panic attack or something, but, or like even yesterday, like because of summer. I just want to like leave the op- window open and I saw like a bug in my bed 
and um, my first instinct was to crush it. But then I was like, no, no, you know, you haven't killed a bug in so long. And so I got a cup and I put it outside. But over the weekend, my partner and I went to eat meat, like yakiniku, and it was like amazing. And I was glad I had that experience. Um, but I didn't resist doing it because, you know, recently I haven't been eating beef at all. So that was just kind of a one-off situation. But, you know, it's just like, it's, it's like a whirlwind of life even like a life that's so sort of peaceful is mine I go to a school I walk to a school where I teach try to play games with students try to get them to have fun if I can or show them teach them a little English every day and then I go to the grocery store and buy a bunch of stuff like salad stuff and chocolate and soba and usually drink some beer, you know, and, you know, maybe talk to a friend on FaceTime or talk to my mom or watch a tarot card reading on YouTube, you know, like, and, uh, just like it's such a simple life. And, uh, you know, try to, don't use social media or like, even like news now, like, or even like certain intellectual debates, like my curiosity, maybe it's my middle-aged, in my midlife crisis or something, but just news is, you know, I have a lot of input, so... Like, if anything is just like a whiff of clickbait, like, oh, aren't you interested in this? Click. Like, <laughs> I try to avoid it. And I just like more just like people who just talk about general stuff like tarot readings or just kind of like general ideas that aren't like suspicious like specific to someone's experience um and just focusing in on my own just feelings of things because that's really what I have direct contact with and if I honor that then I won't regret a lifetime spent learning about so many different things and and not focusing on a single frame and not like focusing on building quote unquote career, you know, creating a community around a certain ideology like religion or the religion of money making of corporate business or, you know, any of that. Um, like Rob Greenfield talks about how people are like oh well if you don't have a retirement account like what's going to happen to you when you're old they're like aren't you afraid basically 
he's like, well, no, I just, you know, I'll find a community where I can contribute something, whether it be childcare or farming knowledge or whatever. And if I have needs, I'll take care of that. And, you know, and even thinking about like my mom, like, yeah, I could go home and take care of her for, and that would be a time in my life. And that would be beautiful. And she would take care of me too in different ways. It's not just me like serving. It's a relationship, a connection. And even I've started to think about relationships like having a relationship doesn't mean, doesn't have to be defined by the future. Just like a life doesn't have to be defined by the future or the past. And sometimes, you know, when I was, when I felt that strong emotion yesterday, it was just such a relief to be able to cry and be seen, you know, just to express it. And, you know, this podcast is great and everything, but to have a real person there to, you know, just feel it with me, the intensity, and also just enjoy and laugh. You know, it wasn't like I was crying the whole time, so don't get any ideas, but, uh. I just keep thinking about that book by David Graeber. I think his name's pronounced Bullshit Jobs. And I would just extend that idea of like, most jobs are bullshit. So, you know, somebody could say to me, oh, you never became Yo-Yo Ma or a corporate lawyer. And I was like, no, I didn't. You know, it's all jobs are bullshit. All jobs are bullshit. All lives are bullshit. (laughs) There's no meaning except for the meaning that we ascribe to ourselves. And there's this, like, I heard the origin from, it was from a tarot reading, the origin of the word pick yourself up by your bootstraps it was like a joke like obviously it's impossible to pick yourself up by your bootstraps and I love that because it is impossible like we have all these ideas about how we can like ensure our own security and happiness by saving large sums of money and investing them in certain things. Um, But but then the economy crashes. Or, like, my great aunt, like, every every time she bought meat, she would save the styrofoam tray. And then she had, like, a basement full of styrofoam trays, and then there were just bags of, like, original bonds by the that were issued that were worth like millions of dollars next to them but they were like ruined 
because they were just put in paper bags in the basement. They were just ideas of money, you know, and like times like depressed, like the depression, it's like traumatizes us because we live in fear of what could happen. Like times like coronavirus, you know, we're, we're meant to fear the future. We're meant to fear the present, fear everyone, everything. And just like, you know, Clorox wipes our way to, you know, some sort of peace. But, you know, go ahead, use the Clorox wipes, but don't let it overtake your life. Don't let the bug in the bed ruin the bed, you know. If you've got to do it, just change your perspective. Think, oh, that cockroach is cute. It wasn't a cockroach, but hey, it could be one day. I might find a cockroach in my bed. I still got to sleep in it. I still got to sleep in it. And it's like life. Like, I'm living in this body. This body cries. You know, I sleep in this bed. This bed can have bugs. I, you know, take these photos and try to publish them. I'm doing this, like, month-long back and forth trying to get permissions for a translation of the Tao Te Ching. And yesterday, it was like a, it's like a comedy routine to try to get permission to use this translation because on one hand I realize like from a capitalist perspective if you're part of you know a publishing company and you're issuing permissions requests you know it has to be a thousand I want to use like a bunch of quotes from this translation and you know you don't want it to my work that's being self-published to compete with their work, which is, you know, or to, like, take away from it. And, you know, maybe people would, like, buy mine instead of theirs. What's the point of them just giving me permission for free? So I get that. But at the same time, like, I just want to, like, publish an ebook. With my photos with Tao. Like Tao Te Ching is like an ancient text. And you know. Translation is valuable. And I respect that. But. You know. If I like. Spent like years or. Spent time like translating the Bible. I wouldn't be like oh, nobody can, like, quote this, or, you know, it's like, but then again, so why do I feel weird about trans, like, getting permission for a translation of the Bible, well, or the Tao, or the Tao De Ching, because I like the translation, it's got a modern modernity to it, and even though it was done, like, 1972, 
I like the feel of it as opposed to like all this King James like thou stuff. So So there is value in the translation and I see that but it's anyway, it's it's an interesting interchange. I I don't remember how that relates back to what I was saying, but Yeah, like, for this Tao book, like, I got some advice online, like, doing about the author page, it makes people having a personal connection, and I'm, like, writing, like, um, my deepest fears, <laughs> I'm using that chance to, like, you know, oh, I'm gonna get my deepest fear, or his deepest fear, is that Blake will be, you know, um, evicted from his tiny house where he's caretaking his mother um, because he didn't pay his student loans or something, you know. Um, He's a grifter, you know. And that's something I saw on Twitter from somebody that I um, used to know really well. Like, grifter, podcaster dudes think that they know something about blank. Everybody, like, I feel like this, I get I get pulled into it too. Like, I wrote this comment on this YouTube video and immediately regretted it. But <laughs> it's like, it makes this, it creates this situation where everyone's worried about what other people think. Like, other people should blank. Don't worry. Other people don't matter. You don't control them. You're not a fascist dictator. You don't control other people. And, uh, you know, you can try your whole life, but you never will. You can only control yourself. You can only know yourself. And through that portal, through that frame, you can understand your oneness with everyone. Um, And, you know, greater and greater as life goes on or, you know, waxing and waning like the moon. So... Yeah. And yeah, I mean, this is just ramblings from my trenches, and I hope that my experience can be of value to you and I got a psychic reading and You know, she said that, like I said before, like art speaks beyond death. And, you know, Mondrian, no one appreciated his work until after he died. And, you know, we 
we do live like with both feet on either side of a crevice that extends forever where one side is the real world and the other side is just the infinity of space of this whole thing this this just you know chaos of stars but also peace of stars like if you think of it it's just like an infinite explosion like particle explosion but you can also think of it as mostly just fucking empty space like even the human body is like if you like brought it down to its like just like elements i just thought of that like old school batman movie where they like get the water out of people and they just turn them into these bottles of water like if you actually did that we would just be like a little bottle of water and then some other dust you know it's like all these machinations of our minds are the explosions of stars colliding and you know a cloud's gonna rain and uh, a star is gonna explode but that doesn't mean it doesn't have like good couple of millennia of being a sun or being a star you know so I don't know I feel like that cry had a long time coming and I do feel different on the other side and and uh, in a way it's good that this book I can't it's not easy so it gives me something to do just to fill these days fill this space you know my free time and uh I'm still making that video of course and you know I guess uh, I'm also it's always good to have something to be excited about so I think I'll make a plan for um, when my partner got back on the train he said let's make a plan before he left and that was the last thing he said last night and uh, yeah I'm looking forward to travel with him just be with him more he's so sweet and he's kind to me he listens to me and that means so much and I hope that you know I can give him something fundamental like that that he wants and I hope I do I think I do and uh, so that felt good just to like 
connect. And I told him that. Wow, that was crying. <laughs> it was more like a lucid, like, eye of the storm moment. Where I'm, like, lucid about, like, why I'm crying. So that felt good. And and uh, yeah, sometimes, like, when I feel, like, weak, uh, like, especially when I'm, like, on lunch break at work or like you know there's there's nothing to distract me from just sort of this weird like uh, uncomfortable feeling just being me just being alive and struggling you know with whatever struggles someone has and uh you know this itchy skin suit I'm in if you will and uh I try to get back to this place where I have this vision of myself from the outside where I'm just like dope. I'm this like fucking winged spirit archangel, but in the mundane body with a, like a 80 sweater dude that's beyond time made of stardust, like insane, like, like epic uh, arc of, you know, meaning and war, uh, spiritual war for good, and I'm just this, like, this just, like, amazing person, and just always getting back to that in my heart, you know, I'm, I've gotten better at finding that again, because, you know, whatever, like, the depths are dark, but whatever works, <laughs> and hey, if I think that enough, I am it, if I create my own reality, and that's what it is, and that's what I am. And, uh, I don't need anyone to agree. And I think that anyone who tries, including myself, in a, in, in a moment where I'm not clear, I'm not lucid, anyone that tries to impose... A ideology or a um, a uh, limitation on someone else, which is not something I think I've done today while I've been talking, but maybe I have. But uh, that's what this is about for me is knowing myself and refining myself not trying to 
create a self-help book for the century. Um, just being the self-help book. Living the self-help book. And uh, living the work of art. Being the meditation. The meditation of the universe experiencing itself. And. There's always an endless. Vestibule. (laughs) Or just. Fucking huge ass bowl. Huge ass. Just like. Um, what's the word? Caress? No. Ass. Bowl. You know, it's like. Just a fucking huge ass ocean of gorgeousness at our disposal. And that's what I'm trying to prove to myself. I've got to live it. And then, you know, it's kind of like that quote from A Devil Wears Prada. Like, oh, Cerulean Cerulean Blue started as like, uh, you know, on the fashion runway. And then it like ended up in a, like, you know, bargain basement been somewhere and it's like (laughs) the self-help book that I'll publish when I'm 60 or this like Tao Te Ching or whatever will just be like the bargain bin of my life where the runway is life (laughs) I am showing my cerulean blue just by living it and witnessing my own life and you know the byproduct of that whether it be a savings account a book a work of art a perfect quote perfect speech a podcast whatever Yeah, it's like the afterglow. There's something just dignified about being alive, is what I'm trying to say. It's like, there's something aristocratic about being a human being. And we're fuck-ups, like the aristocrats were too. You know? We're fuck-ups. We get drunk and we end up, like, falling into a river. But it's just a big, like, party. Even if we're, like, living in, like, a commune in the like forest and the forest gets burned down or you know it's like if we see ourselves as 
dignified. And we can maintain that. Then we'll all get that vibe. Like. That's my protest. Is like. Believing in my own dignity. And when I'm at my best. I'm doing it. And. It's okay to express emotion. It's okay to fail financially. It's okay to make a shitty book. It's okay to have a long relationship that fails. I got an email. (sighs) Anyway... I got an email confirming a purchase from my ex and because I use we used to have an Apple ID email together and now I took it over so it just like automatically went to me and you know <laughs> I forwarded it to him and uh Even though I keep thinking about the future, like, when I think about the future, I can't. It's like my mind cannot comprehend it, and it inspires fear in me, unless it's hope. And my partner in in Japanese wrote hope in kanji on my iPad, and it was really beautiful. And, uh, if I'm not feeling great about the future, but it's like an equanimity with the future because I can't, I can't feel hope or fear. I keep thinking of like Obama's political slogan, like hope and change. And there's an emptiness to hope and fear about the future. Um, It takes us away from just experiencing this moment as it is. And this moment, I think at its best, it's just a sense of being doesn't have to be something we're doing or we're thinking about being in the moment like meditation or we're thinking about thinking about being in the moment or we're you know seizing the day and you know eating the finest foods and going to a museum or like making a shit ton of money or something I just feel like here let me pause it Okay, I'm back. So I was just thinking like of like a wave pool. If you've been in a wave pool at like a water theme park, it's like it takes a while for the vestibule. I'm using the word vestibule again. It takes time for like the cistern, if you will, the big water thing 
where all the water is to like fill up again. So it's just a pool for like a minute that everyone's just kind of like waiting on the next like waves to come. And like then the horn goes off and it's like the waves start again. The big waves, you know, and you're like in your like inner tube, just like, yeah, the waves, you know, but <laughs> it's almost like human life is always just like waiting on the waves again, but, or you could say like, the waves are fun, but waiting on the waves is just as fun as the waves, like, Waves, like, can't really live up. The waves just put you in a state of flow, like, oh, I mean, this is the waves, this is the thing, you know, you're just kind of enjoying the waves. And then when you're not in the waves, you're just experiencing anticipation of the waves. And it's such this, like, phenomena to experience just giant waves that you feel safe in, like, if it was the ocean, you'd be, like, all, like, fucking scared to die, you know, but for some reason at a theme park, even though you could, like, scrape your feet or something, you're, like, safe, and you can, like, have, like, a safe wave experience, so... I don't know what what are the symbols here. I guess like the waves is like the contrast of our lives where something like dramatic happens or something exciting happens like a trip or a vacation or falling in love or eating an amazing meal. And, you know, this weekend was like the waves for me. You know, I... We saw something beautiful. We ate amazing food. We we got to cuddle. Like we got to make a plan for the future. And I cried my eyes out. You know, like when it was over, and all of that was like the waves. And now I'm back to the still waters. You know, alone in my apartment. Like, and I'm just thinking about the world right now, like, it's almost like a cliche, people say, like, oh, you know, everything's so conflicted right now in the world, and, you know, I take that with a grain of salt, it's like always conflicted, you know, think about somewhere like Yemen or something where, they have coronavirus on top of civil war and just death. Um, refugees everywhere, poverty, proxy war, like upheaval, just like desert terrain. I don't know. I mean, who knows the the human toll, but, you know, the consciousness of people is a is awake to a lot of conflict and that's like the waves and i think that 
you know, with social media and the news and the constant conversations and debate about all number of topics, we almost become addicted to the waves. And I do this too. It's that contrast. It's that drama. That's what Eckhart Tolle calls it, drama. And it's hard to come down from. I feel like I did that this weekend. Whether it's, you know, good or bad. A good feeling or bad. Whether it's fear or hope. Or excitement or whatever. I feel like part of us says at least we're not bored. Or at least we're not dead. Uh, It's like... But being bored, like being still, being alone sometimes, being, just being is part of life too, so much part of life. And if we're addicted to the drama, then in our in our minds it'll always be the stars clashing together and it won't be the the infinity of stillness the vacuum of space the timeline stretched across millennia lifetimes and I'm scared of that too sometimes. Often. I'm scared of... slowing down... to discover... that... everything I thought was important isn't... or... all the control I thought I had I didn't... or... going here, there, and everywhere didn't prove that I was more or less important. And when I tried to help, I did it in the way that I had planned. And that when I made that thing I never got to see it to see the person see it it's it feels like getting an erection but not finishing or like it it's like not inept but like like you can't get satisfaction I can't get no satisfaction and that's like the human plight is like we set off on these we set off with these hopes and fears and pursue them to the you know 
you know, our fears, we go deepest into the deepest level of hell, go through all the layers from here in between, or we find the, like, Cerebus, like, three-headed dog and get the, like, head and bring it back on our mythical journey through hell. Or we go through purgatory, or, you know, we go through... We go through Paradiso and go all the way through heaven and, you know, pursue our goals all the way to the end. And then we always end up back where we started. It's like the hero journey. But we have to appreciate that moment. Like, I'm just fucking here in this room. Talking into my phone. Feeling a little weird. You know. Nobody's gonna tell me what to do with my day. I have to fucking do whatever I want. You know, like. It's like the vacuum of space. It's. It's limited. It's limited. You know, you can only go on a spacewalk for a certain amount of time. Uh, I'm not going to end up going to India today. You know, maybe another day. Maybe I could make a plan for that. You know, if that's what my heart's desire is, I could, you know, try to schedule that. I actually already have a visa for India, but I don't know. Anyway, so. I could plan a thing, but it's like the Tao, like, don't, like, it's like Wu Wei, like, from the Tao, like, don't force it, don't push it, like, you know, the waves will start again, and you'll get swept up in it, and you'll decide that you're gonna finally go to India, but today's not the day for that. Today's the day between the waves where I've got to fill it with I don't got to do anything. I don't whatever feels right, just go there, you know? Whatever, like, if I'm in a water park and I want to go in the lazy river, good. If I want to wear a shirt because I'm uncomfortable with my body, great. You know? If I want to... If I want to, like, find some shade and an alcoholic beverage... And, uh, I don't know, like, just talk to people, good, whatever, like, life's a theme park, go whichever way you want, and don't be like, oh, he went to Lazy Susan, he's, or, he went to the Lazy River, he's lazy, or, oh, he's in the wave pool, he's childish, or, oh, you know, he's an alcoholic, he went to the bar, or, Oh, you know, he goes on slides. He's adventurous. Listen, it's like 
why don't we look inside ourselves? Why don't I do it right now? Like, once again, I'll just say, I feel right now like a little floating anxiety about what's going to happen after after this job and if I'm going to be able to keep my view with my partner after that but I'm trying not to and then I'm feeling excited like I know that I've got a whole bottle of wine in the fridge which is red wine which is not classy but hey don't judge and then I've got like I'm sure there's some videos I can watch or a podcast to listen to. Maybe I can fire up my Japanese class again. And, you know, maybe I'll play some Mario Kart or work on my book or um, make myself a big salad or maybe even go to the grocery store and get some pizza or something. Just take a walk. I already did laundry for the week. But, you know, half the time I just like listening to podcasts or audiobooks and especially on a Sunday. Maybe I'll talk to my friend. But uh Yeah, I mean, those are my thoughts. Like, that's it. So. Listen to some music. I like, like, crazy electronic pop music, like Charlie XCX, or like, that one song, Stupid Love, off of the new Lady Gaga album, I really like. I like Rain On Me too, but. Stupid love is just like, yeah, I just want that fucking stupid love. Like, I don't know. I should probably, like, check in with some people locally. I've just been, like, fucking out of it. Just that feeling of like anxiety and fear just like creeping in. Of being lonely as fuck. Just being so fucking lonely. That's why I have to like not drink that whole bottle of wine tonight. Because I'll feel like shit tomorrow. And also, like, well, actually, it'll probably make me feel not lonely tonight. And then tomorrow, I'll just have to go to work, and that won't be lonely for the most part. So, that's that's why I do it. That's why I drink. This is why I drink. Isn't there, like, a Fiona Apple album called that? This is why I drink. Oh, wait, is that Image and Heat? 
don't know. But, like, one thing I was thinking, like, I mean, like, I take everything I say with a grain of salt because I do think about the future. Even though, like, intellectually, I know that you can't, like, I enjoy it, I guess, and, like, I have to because I haven't fully integrated presentness into my heart. I'm trying. But maybe it never will go all the way there. Where I'm like Eckhart Tolle just like vibing all the time. I mean he basically doesn't suffer. Anyway so. Yeah. I guess I'm just talking now. Because this podcast like. To be honest, like, this voice journal moment is, like, my social time. I think it's just as satisfying as anything else, but... Oh, this is what it was. Like, this weekend, like, it just struck me how just, like, being in physical contact near someone who cares about me and likes me was just so resplendent it was just heaven this is fucking heaven and we both said the same thing which is that usually we wake up in the middle of the night and feel a little bit of panic or 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 even just wake up and like spend some time awake in the middle of the night but that one night we had together last night or the night before last was we both slept so well we just felt so safe and i think that i learned from that after such a long time that even though intellectually I try to not need try to know myself what I'm learning is that I'm just a dude that likes to touch and be touched and be around people that care about him and even if it's just one person and just might be good in the future if I just had less days, fewer days of being on my own to explore the human condition. And if I, maybe I just, it would be okay if there's a change where my energy is less focused on maybe even knowing myself like I am now and my energy is focused on just the practical everyday shit of life where you know I'm making dinner for my partner or you know trying to organize the house so that he feels good when he comes home or you know 
where I have a schedule with everyone's birthday and I call them or have a job that's pretty boring, you know. I mean, that's that's the way capitalism was supposed to work. Like, when people were thinking about their lives in the 50s, it was like, oh, God, they just found this, like, exquisite boredom. And not everyone was built for it. Like, I'm thinking of, like, Don Draper's wife in Mad Men. It was like she wanted it, but she didn't. Like, she thought she was supposed to have it. And there's even this, like, feeling of, like, people when they're young. They're like, yeah, wild. Like, oh, I'm going to, like, go here, go there. And then you, like find the boredom, the gorgeous boredom of, like, being with one person and doing one job. and Even, like, Robert Mapplethorpe, Mapplethorpe, whatever, he just wanted to be a self-photographer of him, you know, taking pictures of himself with a whip pushed up his ass. You know, like, that was his thing. He did that. He had a patron guy who sometimes he had sex with, like, it was almost like the most like rando version of that same just sameness and this is something I think about with Japanese culture a lot is this experience of being here maybe it's not something about Japanese culture but just humanity in general but since like the noise has been wiped away or at least just the sound there's such a silence here I feel because I don't understand half of what's being said I don't understand the advertisements and signs around me I and there's just this peacefulness of the suburbs I guess and how you know it's less I I see less like partiers and stuff but it's just like that 1950s idea of like two kids and a car and a dog or like the American dream where that's like so such a thing here like you work for one company your whole life you get a job out of college and you just do that and I just keep coming back to the thing like knowing myself like like could I have appreciated that or is it too late like I guess that's what I'm like or like was it even ever possible for me and is it because I just wasn't smart enough or wise enough or just did it or like I made the wrong choice or I made the choice I had to make and all of this is just that fear, that regret, that hope, that weird melange of not being present to just the reality that it isn't what I'm experiencing now. But that's the feeling as I see like people with a house and 
a family and people say that I'm brave because I've started over especially this time like being in a place that I don't fit in always and you know maybe just I just need a kick in the pants to make some more practical decisions or maybe I just need to move in with my partner to cement you know kind of like the nowadays marriage is just moving in together because you I don't know share a destiny but I heard of this one couple this gay couple in Japan that one of them has AIDS HIV I think it's AIDS because I think he has a lot of really strong symptoms and His partner, after 15 years, recently decided to move out and have his own apartment. And he, like I've never met him, but I heard that he said he, his partner was just always kind of depressed and he didn't have like good hygiene, you know, and I heard that there is a criticism of him that, you know, he had been with this guy so long, he should stay with him, but I, I understand He's trying to build his own life. And it must be so hard. For both of them. To. Uproot. You know. A life that you made for yourself. And. Through that frame like. I've been thinking like what would it take for me to stay here and be with this guy and how hard or not hard would it be how gorgeously mundane what would it be like to not have to try anymore but also still try anyway to be exciting, to be happy, to be fun, to surprise each other. But at least at the same time, not have to worry about not have to spend any more time Waking up in the middle of the night. Having that feeling of. 
like having to reinvent yourself every day to just it's almost like there's a little chunk of our brain that's an off and on switch it's like are you safe or are you not or do you have a partner do you have someone next to you and someone who cares if something happened would you be able to deal with it together (laughs) if there was a bug in the bed would you both freak out (laughs) but uh maybe I'm just getting older I'm sentimental. Maybe it's like Dorothy where I always had a chance to just cultivate this mindset within myself and my previous relationships. Where I just wasn't ready or I couldn't settle down or something, but who cares, you know, like, no one gives a shit, like, what I didn't choose, or do choose, will choose, except for me, maybe I don't give a shit about it, but, that little chunk of the brain, the on-off switch, like, it's even there when you're sleeping, Like, it affects the way you sleep. It's just something real. It's unavoidable. It's part of this human body. This is the wonder of evolutionary primalness or primality or whatever. It's like... maybe so is saving a bunch of money and choosing a career and buying a house and all this stuff but what is freedom is it fear of commitment is it desire for freedom I mean It's not freedom like sexual partners. I feel like it's openness is really like it's like that five things like five categories that social media like puts you through. It's like what is your neuroticism, openness, you know, intellect or something. I forgot what the five are, but maybe openness is like my thing you know that's why I'm like talking like this that's why I cry when my partner leaves that's why I keep moving it's almost like I just want to be it's like my will to just be like ripped apart open over and over again 
but almost just like ripped apart by the like utter like mundanity of it all not to be distracted by any sort of truly exciting thing just like do some like when the waves come I'm like I'm gonna move to fucking different country where I don't speak barely any of the language and then I settle in and just like nest there in the like fucking like doldrums of it for like years and then the waves come again and I just say like I'm gonna fucking like you know move to a whole new space and like have a breakup and like you know just you know decide to get really into dildos or something you know just like fucking rip my body apart and my whole mind and heart open 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 but like then there's like this like 40 year old like masochistic part of me that wants to try the like craziness of like moving in with a dude that you know thinks I'm a little fat or something and just like you know risking being the guy risking feeling like the guy again that we how we take each other for granted and kind of grow bored with each other and one of us just moves out and he's 35 and I'm like fucking 50 and I'm just left like a little homeless rat and have to like move back to my country and and I'm like this like gay old crusty like no retirement no career no family dead weight on society that really likes tarot cards and end up in a commune following a cult leader and then I'm like end up just like choking on a piece of shrimp or satay or like some fake bacon or drowning in a bathtub right after I get like eaten up with like STDs from like illicit rendezvous where I'm like the worst looking one in like a public restroom near Tucson after I failed everyone and I die with enormous debt and then like a hundred years later someone like happens upon a digital artifact of my book I made when I was 37 and it's got like like un unpermitted copyright of the Tao Te Ching and they think oh that was cool and then they think 
it like triggers something in them where they're like oh fuck like I never dealt with the fact that I never felt loved by my dad or something like that and then they feel seen by me even though I'm this dead old queer like zombie like mulch for some cemetery it's like to feel love fucking hurts Like sometimes I just want to like scream Like What do I want to scream? I want to scream I won't do it because my neighbors already probably hate me I heard them close their windows but I want to scream like I'm worth something Like This isn't all for nothing Or I care about you I care about myself Or I'm not dead yet Or I have something to say Please listen. Or, and then I'll just finally say, I'll shut up now. And then I die. But I don't want to leave you with that, at least not yet. So, hmm. just fucking enjoy something today. Whatever it is, it's your fucking can of orange juice. Just love it. I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to go eat, like, I don't know, have a glass of wine, play Mario Kart or some shit. Just love it. I mean, who cares? <sighs> like, if we're, like, settling in for the long haul here. If there is some peace to be had in this world and we're willing to have it in our hearts, then... We're kind of in a transition point here where we all have to, like, get used to it. And it seems counterintuitive that you would have to get used to peace. But I really think that's exactly what we have to do. After we've awakened to some sort of that thing, that Tao, that thing. We've awakened to it. We've awakened 
we've exited the matrix. Now we have to calm the lizard brain, the little different chunks of our brain that are still operating on the old operating system, and we have to, I have to allow the peace to be in my heart, to find its way like a worm into my heart and snuggle up like a bug in my bed. And even if I'm just alone with it, if I'm just a bug without a home, just even if I'm cast out, even if I fuck it all up, get caught and get crushed so it is so it was it's just ironic that it's an ironic thing I keep thinking that somewhere between the elation and excitement and the deep depths of dark fear is this peace that is hard to accept because it makes us feel makes me feel like I'm off the treadmill and What was I ever doing on it? It's just all I ever knew. All I ever knew was just the ups and downs. I defined myself by it, but now I can't go back. I have to accept. that I'm going to die but until then it's just a rainy Sunday right now and I feel like I have to pee again and honestly I'm safe I'm always safe What now? It, nothing. This is it. Maybe I'm a little clever. Maybe I'm a little smart. Maybe I've got my finger on something so deep and real. Or maybe... Maybe there's nothing more than this, or maybe this is everything.
either way, I have to just live it like it is. It is what it is. I'm creating it now. It's like that never-ending storybook. Like, it's being written as I experience it. I'm writing the book. I'm the page master. It's the never-ending story. Sometimes it's just like not feeling like shit all the time. That's the meaning of life. <laughs> if you can just not feel like shit all the time, props. Because <laughs> that's like, that's like fine. Honestly, I just want to like, after this, like, I just want to do a bunch of mushrooms and, I don't know, just take a couple months and, like, trip out and maybe, like, smoke some weed and, like, I don't know, like, go to Peru or something, do a bunch of weirdness and then, I don't know, just find some job that has some mild excitement maybe move in with my partner and just like love it that would be so awesome he's so great I I love him I love him or if he's just like doing his thing that's okay I'll just fucking become start like aging quick even quicker and just become crusty and I mean, even if I'm, like, disgusting or will be disgusting in a few years, crusty old gay, I feel like just the fact that I've lived such a bougie life, like, I mean, the amount of, like, high-quality food that I've eaten will, like, become part of my fatty body in a way that's just kind of pure and beautiful. Kind of like an old, like, French aristocrat that just, like, slurs all the time and gets drunk, and everyone's like, oh, that's him again. But he's, like, part of the milieu of the, like, party. Is like, oh, Blake's over there, you know, Monsieur Blake's over there, like, falling off the bridge, trying to, like, suck some dude's dick you know oh look fireworks it's like I don't know I don't mind being that guy that's cool oh Blake's making another podcast episode that no one's listening to Ah, yeah great I'm doing it fucking doing it But, like, in the post-apocalypse, where everyone's, like, half dead, half, like, half cyborg, I just love to think that they'll hear this and they'll think that I'm so human, having such a pure human experience, that, like, one, like, little, like, alkaline tear will fall from their, like, cyborg eye. 
and they'll just almost mourn to have something so quaint as thoughts on love and jobs and coronavirus and how I should probably clean my electric fan or found a bug in my bed or fucking had a booger flop out of my nose just now how life used to be back in the old days much love heart enjoy your day Thank you.